Do you, beautiful people, have a scary story you want to submit to my channel? Go to AsTheRavenDreams.com slash submit or check the links down below. And of course, please enjoy the video. I have a cat named Chip. He's seven months old and is very curious. Uh, too curious. It's burning hot here, so we have to open the windows at night. I live in a gated community and it's totally safe. Because the windows are open, Chip stays in my room at night while I sleep. I spend most of my time downstairs and he does too. We have a routine that we follow every day for going to bed and getting up. I take melatonin, I grab my water bottle and phone, I fill up my water and I bring it upstairs. I go back downstairs and pick up Chip, and then I bring him upstairs with me. I enter my room with him and I close the door. He goes to the window and I go to sleep. And that's it. I did that, I know I brought him upstairs because my family saw me carrying him and said that he is grown. I know I closed the door with him inside because my mom entered my room to say goodnight and I watched as the door closed. Chip was in the room. It was 5am and I couldn't sleep. Chip wasn't on my bed so I called for him. No answer. I tried again and said, Chip, come here. Louder. Still no answer. I worry a little, for I remember that sometimes he likes to sleep under my bed, and when he's in a deep sleep, he doesn't answer. So, I stop worrying, and I go back to sleep. Here's the thing about Chip. He knows his name, and he understands the command, come here. He always meows back when I say his name, and when I say come here. He always answers. I wake up at 9am, and I look around my room. No chip. I call his name. Nothing. I jump out of bed and search my room, still calling for him. He's not in my closed closet, not behind my nightstand, not under my bed. He's not in my room. I look at my door, it's closed, and it hasn't been opened. I go downstairs in a panic only to find Chip on the couch, resting his eyes. I call out and he answers with a meow. I walk over and I set him on my lap. I'm confused, but calmer, knowing that he's safe. I text my mom, thinking she might have moved him when she woke up, but she didn't. I ask her if she knows that my door was shut, and she's positive. That's when I take a closer look at Chip. His fur is clumpy and has what looks like mud on it. I'm trying to brush it out right now. I know it's not his litter because it's too big. He's an indoor cat. He's only walked on the grass a couple of times with the leash on. He's never even seen mud. Next, I notice that he weighs more and his belly is much more round than last night. He looks like he's just been fed breakfast. But I know that's not true because mom never moved him. 
and only Mom would feed him without letting me know first. Then I got scared again. There's dry blood around one eye and a splatter on his white neck fur. I haven't found a wound or anything, so I don't think it's his. We have another cat, and they do fight, but once again, Chip was in my room where the other cat was not. I also checked the other cat for wounds, and she's fine. I know many things, and I know that this isn't some prank my family pulled or a simple mistake with the routine. My family does not pull pranks, and would never pull a prank involving me while I'm asleep. They know I struggle with insomnia. My family, once again, knows to not open my door and let Chip out. Only my mom would enter my room to take Chip out, because she knows how to not wake me. I'm still confused, but I am happy knowing that Chip is safe, and from the looks of it, fed. I'm keeping an eye on him to make sure that the blood isn't his, and I'm probably going to get him a bath to get rid of the harder clumps of mud. This was not a fun way to start my morning. My friend and I were hanging out at my house. It was a house in southern rural Arizona. It was a big plot of mostly empty land with a trailer in the middle. We would often walk this area a lot, and I knew the area pretty well. We drove the ATVs to make little dirt trails. I decided that we would walk to this small retention pond about half a mile away to see the gross water. The time was about 10 to 12 p.m. in September, so the sun was in the center of the sky. I noted this because sometimes the shadows get dark in the wash, and I wanted to be able to look out for snakes. There was a fairly deep wash that runs into it, and it's really noticeable as a 5 foot to 10 foot deep crevice in the ground. It was dry at this time, and we climbed down into it to walk easier to the pond. Do not do this. It's very dangerous. We arrived at the pond and played around for a bit. There's a hill on the left side when you enter from the wash where you could see the house from. It's 100% a straight shot back. This is the only hill you could do this from, and I made a mental note to stick a stick at the top so I knew the right spot to go down where there was no cactus. We both stood on the hill by my stick, and we both confirmed the house in our eyesight. We grabbed each other's hands, skidded down the dirt side of the hill. When my feet hit the bottom, I blinked and I let her hand go. We were not at the bottom of the hill. There are mountains and landmarks to aid, but I knew the land by mind already due to saguaro and water runoff patches. We were not even next to the pond anymore. Then, I noticed how much later it was in the afternoon as the sun was beginning to start setting. Like, the orange stage right before it actually goes down. At the top of the hill, it was maybe two o'clock. 
I think it makes sense for the distance in us exploring a lot. Now, it was around six o'clock. We were nearly another half a mile away by the old power lines and the old trail that ran at the side of the property. The hill we stepped off of should have been behind us, and instead was out of sight behind the trees around the wash, and we were out in the open. The time had passed, and neither of us knew what had just gone on. The feeling was just, how did I get here? I better get home. Kind of like a feeling of shock, and no emotions, just solution-based. All I knew was to disregard the facts and get my friend and I back home. I knew following the trail and lines would lead back, but I didn't want to cross the washes again. But I didn't care, as I felt like if the sun went down and we were still out, we wouldn't make it back. I have no idea how to explain that feeling, but it may have been general shock and anxiety of the event itself. There was no way that I have been able to deduce this. We would have crossed the deep wash again, another smaller two-foot deep wash, and then walked another third of a mile into the middle of the dirt patch near the trail road to get there. We'd already done a lot of climbing and trudging, so we did not choose that, and we would remember. My friend was silent the entire time we walked back to my house, and then told me that she didn't know what happened once she got to my room. I asked her about two years back, and she just told me, yeah, that was weird. I have no memory of that blank, and she seems not to know either. I even recalled the story to my mom, and she put it up to imaginative thinking. But it plagues me still, not knowing what or how that occurred. I was reminded of this when I read another Redditor's elevator glitch earlier today. This happened to me two years ago, while I was an undergrad. I had to visit an office on campus and retrieve some documents about an honor society, so I made my way over to this towering, tacky 1960s building that housed our history department. I was accustomed to visiting this building. At least one of my classes met inside of it every day. There were two elevators accessible from the ground floor, but one had been out of order for the entire semester. The power of the elevator had been completely shut off to prevent both students and staff from using it. Signs were taped to its closed door on every floor to remind us. I collected my documents without incident, but as I approached the elevators to travel back down to the ground floor, the one nearest me opened abruptly. I flinched, but thought it was lucky that I wouldn't have to wait for a ride. A woman in business suit attire emerged by her lonesome, carrying an abundance of files and striding past like a speed demon. Even though I was practically flush against this elevator's door already, it closed so speedily after her exit that I couldn't make it inside. 
I've never seen an elevator close so instantaneously right on the heels of its sole occupant. I thought there was still plenty of time to call it back before it descended, so I immediately pressed the button. There was no response. I tried repeatedly in vain to summon the elevator back. Neither the light of the button nor the lights revealing what floor the elevator was on were illuminated. The elevator was dead and unresponsive. I thought, oh great, now both elevators are ruined, and I'll have to take the stairs up eight floors from my class every day. Then, I heard a bell ringing behind me, and turned to see the doors of the opposite elevator sliding open. I had been standing at the original dead elevator all along, and a woman had somehow emerged from it. Even after the power had been shut off to it for nearly four months, I noticed I only then saw the sign that had fallen off and now lay on the floor, courtesy of the doors opening. I asked a woman who worked there if the elevators had been fixed that day, but she denied it. I briefly wondered if I was on a hidden camera prank show, but no one came out laughing. The elevator remained out of order for the rest of the semester. I have no idea who that woman was, nor how she rode in an elevator with no electricity going to it, but I certainly won't forget it. Yesterday, my husband told me that he was upset that his new iPhone screen was cracked. He showed it to me. There was physical damage to the side edge of the screen where a small part of the screen had shattered. There was a very thin but easily detectable crack that originated from where the impact damage was and went horizontally across the entire screen. Both my husband and I touched the screen and felt the physical damage. He was pretty upset because he had no memory of how this could have happened to his new phone. It just appeared out of nowhere. This morning, the crack is gone. My husband swears up and down that he did not replace the screen, and frankly, there'd be no way for him to be able to fix it himself. The phone had a physical chunk of the side missing the day before. Today, it's like nothing happened to the phone at all. We don't know what to think. I mean, the damn phone was broken, and now it's not. I held part of the broken screen that came loose from us looking at it closer. What could explain this? My first thought is that maybe there's a carbon monoxide issue in our house. I've read about people who think their house is haunted, but the issue is really that they're being poisoned at home. However, we live on an island, and our doors and windows are open night and day. It would be difficult for our house to build up enough carbon monoxide to poison us. We do have a propane gas stove, but as I said... Every window in our house is open year-round. This is really bothering both of us. 
We keep trying to come up with explanations, but none of them make sense. The explanations require us both to deny our experiences yesterday. I don't know what to think. I just want to add that my husband's brother passed in a really tragic work accident a few weeks ago. My husband has a handyman business, and he's known as the guy that can fix anything. When my husband couldn't figure something out, he would call his big brother. His brother could really fix anything. My husband shared with me that when his phone broke, he thought to himself that I wish it hadn't happened. When he woke up, he got his wish and his phone was totally fine. He got upset and told me that if he had known he could ask for a miracle, he would have asked for his brother back. So, I said maybe we can treat this inexplicable happening as a sign from his brother. We have no other explanation, and if giving it some unprovable meaning makes us feel better and more connected to our loved ones, then why not do it? And he agreed. I've struggled with this situation, going over it in my head for months now, trying to make sense of it all. Finally, I decided to share it here just to get it off my chest and to tell someone. To set the scene, my driveway is a long upward slope, wooded all around with no other houses visible from the foot of my driveway. And the road is on a blind turn from both directions. Cars love to travel at high speed around this bend. It's a popular road to drive on sunny days because it's winding in Oceanside. It was a stormy winter morning back in January or February of this year. I can't remember exactly. But I glanced out the window and there was a car stopped in the middle of the road looking blankly up my driveway. I thought this was incredibly strange as he was likely to cause an accident at any moment. I got up from the couch to take a closer look and by the time I reached to the window, the car had left. I looked a little closer down the driveway and I noticed a single set of paw prints coming up the driveway and leading into the woods. I thought that maybe this was a stray dog so I threw on my boots and went outside to follow the tracks. As I got a little closer, I noticed that they went up and over the hill through the woods to a neighboring street. I followed the tracks up through the woods when suddenly the paw prints stopped and human tracks began, all going the same direction and all along the same line of travel. I couldn't really believe what I was seeing I looked over and over to see if I could tell if the tracks were doubled over, but there was no evidence of that at all. I'm no tracker by any means, but there were clearly defined boot prints in the strides, following the last paw print, and they continued until they hit the pavement. I go over it in my head fairly often, just thinking about what I saw and how it doesn't make any sense to me. Has anyone encountered any sort of situation like this?
this is probably one of the strangest things that has ever happened to me. So, starting about six years ago, I always had a song in my head. I like to compose music and sing random tunes when I'm at home. Anyway, there was one random tune that I just could not get out of my head. I would sing it on and off at least once a week for at least two years. I knew this song by heart, but never actually got around to creating it, because I couldn't think of a chorus or anything else to add. Usually, I immediately forget the random tunes I sing and then never sing them again. But for some reason, I could not drop this tune. It was by no means my favorite or even an amazing tune. Honestly, it was pretty average. Fast forward a few years, and my favorite band, Jeff Rosenstock, comes out with a single. It's extremely rare for him to drop a single song out of nowhere, and he posted this one on his site, out of the blue. I was really excited and started listening to it. As I'm hearing it, I realize it has the exact same notes as the song that's been in my head for years. I then whistle the notes in harmony with him, despite this being a brand new song. The song, by the way, is called Dramamine. It's actually not that great of a song compared to his other work, because you can tell that he could not come up with another part for it, really. It's just like the fact that I couldn't come up with a chorus. Usually, his songs have a lot of variety in them, but this one's comparatively stale. Anyway, I'm posting this, hoping that someone will point out a song that sounds similar, that has existed for a long time, that both Jeff Rosenstock and I got inspiration from. Otherwise, this is the biggest glitch of my life. For the picture, this trip was done this winter during a snowstorm in Scandinavia by car, and the distance was about 700 miles. I regularly drive this route between my family and my hometown to visit old friends and to go skiing, fishing, etc. The trip normally takes between 13 to 14 hours in normal weather and conditions. 13 hours is speeding and just stopping to pee and fill the gas tank. This particular night, I drove for myself, even though the weather forecast was not good. I needed to get home to my wife and my kids. After an hour or so, the weather started to get really bad with heavy winds and snow falling down almost horizontally, so I needed to slow down. I noticed a light bulb from the lights went out as I drove under it, but didn't think much of it because of the weather, and it's quite normal for things like that to happen. Eventually, it caught my interest when this happened exactly when I was under the light bulb for the second, third, fourth, and fifth times for a period no longer than two hours. Anyway, the trip went slow due to the weather, and I came home hitting 12 and a half hours, which is a new personal record, be it summer or winter, and strange as hell. 
It's just not possible for me to go there that quickly in a heavy snowstorm. I thought I would share the story with you all since something was just not right that night, and maybe you might have some theories about it. Thanks. So that was this week's Glitch in the Matrix collection, and hopefully you all enjoyed it. I know that I sure as hell did. Always a fun time with these. And really, some of these stories were interesting. Cats, number one, are... They work outside the Matrix, so we don't have to worry about them. Uh, the phone screen, uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. I don't think Apple has self-repairing screens yet. Uh, the encounter with the dog. The, do- the person that... Or the dog that turned into the person, potentially. That's a weird one. Um... The song, The Missing Time, uh, and The Trip on the Snowstorm, those are really weird. Those ones seem... Things like that happen frequently, I think. Like, missing time and um, potential, like, future. Uh, like, having an idea that something actually something exists in the future kind of thing. And then the out-of-order elevator, yeah, that one's creepy. That almost sounds like a haunting, but it sounds like this person was not um, ethereal. It was a corporeal form, so I'm not sure about that. So... Definitely some interesting stories, and hopefully you all enjoyed them. If you did, please do hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. You can also leave me a comment. Leave me a comment, please, um, letting me know what you think. Um, obviously, we're going to move on to the word of the week this week. The word of the week that I want you to try to use in your comment is reflect. R-E-F-L-E-C-T. And specifically, I'm aiming for the to make apparent, express, or manifest, but... If you want to use the reflection style of it, like a mirror or a, like light reflecting, totally up to you if you can make it work. So, Hopefully you all have a beautiful day, and hopefully the audio sounds good. No real reason, other than I got a new microphone. You know, that's how it goes. Uh, definitely rough getting a new microphone, because you never know if it's going to be as good as your last one. Hopefully this one sounds good. Of course, tomorrow's video and the rest of the videos for the rest of the week, other than Wednesday and Friday, will be using my old microphone, because I got those done a long time ago, but... You know, I don't know. A good comparison, I suppose. So, well, that said, friends, I hope you have a beautiful day, and I hope I will see you on the next video. But until then, sleep well.